Hi, folks. This is Gabriel saving Renee, part six. Okay, listen. When you take out your clothes of Tim and his brother, make sure to fold them and distribute them accordingly. Then put your basket underneath Tim's basket. Not the brother's clothes, but Tim's clothes. Do you understand? Okay, I'll do it, she said. When you now remember, folks, I have her clothes. When you come in, go straight to your bedroom, Renee. Throw your basket where it goes immediately. And put some clean clothes in there right away. Anything you got. So if he comes up to check on you and inspect you, he'll see that you have dirty clothes and you only did Tim and his. Do you understand what I'm driving at? I get it. She smiled at me. Wow. I thought to myself, self, Uh (laughs) uh-oh, she's beautiful. Okay, okay, last thing this woman needs is another jerk looking at her like that. Come on, Gabriel. (laughs) Okay, all right. And I had already had my love blinders on, no kidding, and as you'll see, I really didn't see her that way, and... That's happened to me. Unfortunately, I'm not a very good judge of women. I always pick the wrong ones. But there's a reason for that, I guess. I don't know. I don't deserve a good woman. I've done so many bad things in my life. I always deserve what I get. Be careful out there, folks. You always get what you deserve. Anyways, so all I could do was make sure I got her out of this problem and the hell that she's in. I took her hand real gently, and I walked her over to the end of the dryers. And I said, I've already been thinking about your escape. She looked at me wide-eyed. You've been thinking about me? Yes, Renee. I can't let you live like that. I can't see anybody hurting you. I think she was taking that personal. I would have done it to a dog if I saw a dog getting beat. You know what I mean? You've heard me save other people. It's just the guy I am. I'm sorry. I just, I can't see someone getting hurt for no reason. That's crazy. Anyways, uh, what is going to happen is we won't be able to talk again. We would if you gave me your number, she said. Renee, I said, uh, Renee. We can't talk again to each other. Do you understand? Why? 
Oh, Renee. I just don't understand. I'm kind of caught off guard here. Okay, I've given this all the thought, and then I put it away in my head. I have other things I have to worry about, but I need to get you out of there. Because if my number comes up on your beeper, he'd want to know why. Please, don't question me. I've already thought this all out for you. Okay, Gabriel. Okay, I'm in your hands. I'll do whatever you say. See this little nook right back here? It's probably three feet by three feet in that chair. That's where I want you to sit. When the time comes, this is where you're going to hide. You are not going to peek out, Renee. You're just going to stare at that far wall. Okay? Can you do that for me, honey? You're just going to sit there and wait for me. Is that clear? Are we clear on this? I got it, Gabriel. I got it. She saw how passionate I was and that I had already thought everything out. I see what we're doing now, she said. How will I know it's time? Good girl. <laughs> You're on the same you're on the same wavelength with me now. Now we're thinking alike, and I take my finger to her and back to me and so on and so on. That's a good question. Did you see the funny-looking old man at the bar that looked out of place? Oh, yeah, he was out of place, all right. Well, that funny-looking man is my surrogate father. You saw him, right? Oh, yeah. I did, a matter of fact. He was in the middle of the bar, right? I was wondering, what, he wants to get his butt kicked? He sure don't know where he's at. Exactly. But that's my father, my surrogate father. So he's not your real father? No, he's my pretend father, surrogate father. Oh, okay, cool. What's going to happen next Monday, I'm go going over and I'm going to come to your house or his house, I should say, not yours, and unannounced about 4 or 4.30. I'm going to knock at the door, and I want you in the kitchen where I never see you. I mean, you and I never even cross paths. You get it? Between 4 and 4.30. I got it. I got it. Stage your clothes outside somewhere. In other words, hide them outside and or downstairs somewhere. And I'm going to keep both of them busy upstairs. How were you going to get them, uh, his brother, upstairs? I'll work it out. Don't you worry. 
I'll get him to come up. As soon as he comes up those stairs, though, you're out the back door and down the alley, and Bob will be waiting for you in the white van. Do you know what that looks like? Yes, of course I do. Okay, listen, I'm serious now. I was joking before, but I'm serious. He's going to drive you to our new apartment, and once you're in the van, you're safe. So don't even worry. Once you're in my van, you're safe. Okay, Bob will guard you with his life until I get there. Don't call your mom. Don't call anybody from here on out. This is our plan. We don't tell on ourselves. Can you do that, Renee? She said, why are you doing this? Why are you helping me? Okay, Renee. And I looked her dead in the eye. Almost tearing up, I have three daughters. And I hope someone would help them out of hell one day if they needed. She hugged me and just started bawling. Just bawling. I hugged her back real softly in the car or in the ear. I said to her, You're strong. You can do this. I have faith in you, Renee. We're going to get through this, you and I. It's just a couple more days. You got this. Come on, sweetheart. You got this. This is our plan. Do you understand everything now? Just then, some older lady walked in with her arms full of dirty clothes. (laughs) And I said, okay, I'll see you when I see you, Renee. Everything's everything you understand, correct? And with that, I wheeled around, and I had to get to work. Sandy was coming next week, and when we had the new apartment, and, oh, God, I had a lot to do that morning. When Bob came home that night, I told him, everything that was going on with Renee. I had already told him the story of when I went there and saw what was going on, but I didn't tell him about the black eyes, you know, and then I told him, you know, I just, she was just crying on the end of the bed, and now she had two black eyes, I don't know if her nose was broke or what. You know, none of my business right now. I've got too much to on my plate. Well, I'm at Tim's house keeping them busy. I want you at precisely 4 o'clock to be at the laundromat parked outside. Can you do that? Take a pair of pants if you need to. 
And uh, if it gets too long while you're waiting for, no, no, uh, uh, no, put them in the dryer so you don't look funny just standing there. Well, I could be outside just reading a book like it's too hot in there. Good idea, Bob. Good idea. Okay, and then you should only be there 10 minutes. We're both going to go to the laundromat. I'm going to leave you there with the your truck, and then I'm going to drive my truck down the street or van, you know what I mean. And then we're, as soon as she gets in, pull out immediately and don't get caught, Bob. This guy is one of the biggest dealers around, and he's serious. He packs. He'll kill you. Ugh. Okay, Bob said. It's got to go like clockwork. She's going to be scared to death, so drive her to our apartment and don't stop talking to her, okay, Bob? And wait for me in the parking lot. I don't want you to take her upstairs, Bob. Wait, wait, what do you mean, Bob said. What I mean is the complex manager already told me we're going to be moving into the third floor at the complex. But don't worry. We have an elevator, Bob. <gasps> really? There's an elevator? I said, yes. Can you afford this? Asked Bob. I can afford it. Wait, should I say, can we afford it? I started laughing. Dude, I said, come on, Bob, I got you. You know, and then I do this every season, I told him, Bob. I told Bob, when we get the keys Monday morning, so this means... You don't want me to work on Monday? Oh, poor Bob, you don't have to work. That's not what I mean. Look, exactly. Here's what I need from you, Bob. Monday, we're going to get the men off like we always do to their jobs. We're going to still be in this apartment, but you're going to be packing everything up. I want you to go to the laundromat that we're going to meet her at and wash all the clothes, okay, all of them, even mine. Why? Ugh, I growled. I said, well, because I asked you to. Okay, Gabriel, I just wanted to know why. Folks, I wasn't accustomed to being questioned. When someone, I ask someone to do something, they usually just do it, you know. But with Bob, I had to use kick gloves. <sighs> so I allowed it. I said, I don't want to bring any want, unwanted visitors 
with us like cockroaches, spiders, ants, snakes, bears, mice. Oh, that makes sense, Gabriel. Bob said, it's going to be a long day Monday, isn't it? It will be, Bob. We'll have fun, though. You know, we always do. By the way, Renee's mother is single and divorced. I'm just saying, Bob. <laughs> oh, boy. And you aren't going to believe Bob later. Okay. Ouch. Finally, Monday came around. Bob was nervous as heck. He talked a good game, but it when it came down to doing stuff like this, you know, he ain't from Chicago, let's put it that way. He done some pretty reckless things in his lifetime, and I've watched him do it, but he was always in control. Now I'm in control, telling him what to do. How funny the guards change over. I brought Bob with me to get the men off that morning to their job. I told all the crew chiefs, Bob and I have to take care of something this afternoon. Pretty important, so I want you crew chiefs to keep the money, and I'll see you Tuesday morning. Nobody can beat me after 3 o'clock. Are you, am I clear? We got it, boss. Okay, all you guys are on your own. I will not answer. What's going on, they all asked. Do you need our help? No, it's nothing like that, I said. I got it handled, but thanks, guys. These crew chiefs, um, believe me, I'll t you'll hear in stories later, stories, they really took care of me. Like I was an old man, and they were going to protect me, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, I really appreciate it. I know that you guys... Uh, would be there if I needed you, and I appreciate that. Off they went. There, They had two pools each for the day. And Bob and I, well, you know Bob. He loves breakfast, lunch, and dinner at a restaurant. So I figured, what the heck, I got to kill sometime. I'll take him to my favorite place, the bowling alley, and buy him breakfast at the restaurant that's connected to it. I knew all the waitresses because every summer I would go there and I would tip big. And they'd fight to get my table. They knew who I was. And what, uh, what my breakfast was, I'd always get the same thing. It's good to have clout. It only cost me an extra five bucks a tip. So instead of giving them five, I gave them ten. We ate breakfast and we jaw-jacked with the waitress. Barb's, the Bob started to talk about 
where we what we were going to do tonight, and I kicked him under the table. He shut up, and he looked mad at me. He was starting to turn red. I might have kicked him a little too hard. I don't know my own strength back then. When the waitress left, I leaned into him and said, Bob, everyone knows everybody around here. He looked at me real questioning, like, even this far? I said, Bob, we're only three towns over. He comes here. He used to live right down the street from here. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I know. It's okay, man. We don't have to say a word until we're in the car and by ourselves. Okay, Bobby? By saying it that way, he understood I was saying, I'm sorry for kicking him. Sounds good, he said. And we finished our coffee, and then I dropped him off at the apartment so he could get started on packing up all the clothes and packing everything up. I went to the new apartment complex, to the main office, and walked right into the uh, her office without the invitation. I said, hey, how the heck are you? How you doing? Nice to see you again. We hug like two guys do, slapped each other on the back. Where's the wife and baby, I said. We've been old friends like that for like five years now. I had spent... And I had to spend like an hour explaining to her what happened with Tracy and the kids, you know. And she says, so I'll never see the kids again? And Tracy? I said, no. You're going to have to do this without them. I said, no, but I have... My surrogate father with me. I brought him with me. You'll meet him. His name is Bob. You'll love him. Uh, so could I get the keys, please? We've got something really important going on, and I'll tell you all about it when I settle in. I think you're going to appreciate it, too, being that you were a Chicago cop and all. And no troubles, she said. I said, no way. You'll see. Now, you got me interested, she said. If all goes to plan, you're going to love this one, I said. Leslie said, come to our apartment when you're settled in. We're in the same place. And just... Talk, and I'm always here, Gabriel. Always? Roger that, I said to Leslie. Wait, how much money do you need now? Do you have time, Leslie said? Well, of course, for you, Leslie, I'll make time. 800, okay? I went in my pocket and peeled out eight of the $100 bills. I said, are you sure that is enough? 
And she said, get out of here, smartass. And with that, I smiled and turned around and left. I took a quick peek up at the apartment to make sure everything was everything. I went to each room, and then I went to the bathroom and flushed the toilet and, uh, you know, turned down the faucet at the sink. Everything was perfect. I got to say, Leslie is good to me. I went back to Lyons from Countryside, where we're, where we're going to live now, I was on my way to Lyons. Hey, Ma, please be quiet. I'm trying to do a podcast down here.